Welcome back to West Virginia Uncommonplace. This week's episode, we're going to be dealing with one of my friends. She, she's putting out a book, and she's got a little message that she wants to get out here, which isn't a little message. I take that back. It's a big message. Um, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm doing this well-rounded thing of doing artists, authors. I'm, I'm going to get everybody out here and try to get them um, in place for this. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're involved with people that uh, have creative views and different things like that so um i'm i'm kind of trying to just make this podcast a little bit more uh versatile or have diversity that's what i wanted to say diversity and uh, keep you listeners like intrigued and stuff like that um in the near future i'm going to do different things and then i'll stick to my normal topics and then we'll get back into to music and different stuff like that uh that i was talking about a few years ago and things like that and then we'll get into some more west virginia stuff because uh that some of those things are kind of crazy because you know some people treat West Virginia like it's uh, the other Virginia, like it, it's just the western part of Virginia, and it's not that. We got different things. Like uh, one of the craziest things is, is uh, we get into is chili. Uh, chili is something that you know you eat on a hot dog in any other place, but out here you eat hot dog sauce. But once again, we'll get to that topic soon. Um, like I said, we'll have a, a nice little sit down talk with uh, Carmen and talk about our book. And um, then we will go from there, okay? Now, please, Carmen, tell us a little bit about a book before we do this interview. So I've honestly known since I was about 14 that um, I wanted to write a book. I actually started writing my story when I was 14, back when you had those old computers with the floppy disk. Um, and for years I carried my floppy disk around and then computers converted. I don't know where that floppy disk is, but, um, around 2018, I, it was just on me. You need to write your, you need to tell your story. You need to tell your story. And I fought it for a while and then December of 20, well, probably around a, um, November of 2019, um, I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a deadline. And so I set the deadline to have my book finished by December 31st of 2019. And I had, well, I thought I was finished. I wrote um, what I thought would be a complete book by, um, that date. And then I sent it to a couple of people to, uh, critique for me, people that I trust. And the feedback that I was given was that I needed to add a little more. I didn't tell enough. I didn't give enough background, um, as to who I am and where I came from. So I did that. And, I think I finally uh, got the courage to send my book off to the publishing company in about at around March. Um, so the process is almost finished. I'm at the last stage of cover design. So my book will be out in about six to eight weeks. Um, my story is about to be told. And in the work that I do, I see a lot of people who have similar stories than me or maybe darker stories than me, but along the same line of abuse and struggle. And I just want to share with people 
how I made it out. It doesn't mean that it'll exactly work that way for them. But if I can just shine a little hope into someone's life to show that someone did make it out and that you don't always have to struggle for the rest of your life. And just because you encountered this abuse, you encountered these treacherous events throughout your life, it doesn't have to define what your future is going to look like. So that is that is my wish. That is my um, purpose to give other people hope and to help other people heal. Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Today's guest will be Carmen Haskins. How are you doing? I'm well. I hope you are. Doing very well myself. Okay, so you're on the show today because you have a gem, which is a book that you are writing or have completed. We're going to put it tentatively on that. Um, Could you tell us the title of the book and, and a little bit about yourself before we get into the book? Um, the book is entitled come out of the darkness um sorry the book is entitled secrets kill come out of the darkness okay so let me ask you something real quick about this title this title of this book before we get in depth into anything you're about to tell me in this interview today where did that title come from um it comes from the fact that when you are uh certain secrets um, are just not worth keeping. And they do literally um, can kill you from the inside out. And so come out of the darkness is, a, is another way of saying, like, tell your truth. Um, let it go. Okay. All right, so now let's get a little bit of background on you, where you're from, and how things came about to you writing a book. Well, I am from little town called Rustburg in Virginia. Um, That's my hometown. (laughs) Yes. And um, my childhood, it wasn't all bad, but there, there, I've had experienced some abuse, some trauma um, around age nine. I was abused by a family member and I kept that secret. Um, they kind of tricked me or coached me into keeping the secret. And um, I didn't tell anyone, I didn't tell my parents um, what happened until I was in my twenties, young, early twenties. So from nine all the way to about 22, I kept this secret and it ate away at me. um, And it just caused a lot of trouble in my life. So around age 14, I was like, oh my gosh, like my life is unbelievable right now. I should write a book. And I actually started writing it around age 15 when we had those computers with the floppy disks. Ah, old school. Yes. And so (laughs) I started writing it and I would carry my floppy disk around with me everywhere. And then somehow in the transition to college, I lost my floppy disk. Um, and now I think I, I have a floppy disk that I randomly found, but I don't know how to convert it. So I just, I started from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the process of writing this, like, when did you decide like one day 
two years ago, three years ago, or whatever year it was. What year did you decide to start writing this? And how did you just start writing it? Was it a did you just start jotting notes down? What'd you do? Um, twenty eighteen, um, I went through a major life change. Um and I was I got separated. Um I was married and I got separated and my life was just taking this like 180 turn. And I was like, okay, you need to, now's a good time to tell your story. It was just kept eating away at me. Like you need to write this book. You need to write this book. And I couldn't sleep at night because it was like, you need to be writing. Um, And when I say it, I'm speaking to my spirit, uh, speaking of my spirit. So my spirit was like, you need to, um, you need to start writing. And so I kind of let it go. And then in around the end of October of 2018, I was like, fine, I will set a date and I will have the book completed by, I just threw a date out there. I was like, December 31st, I'll have it done. Um, of course, that didn't happen. I started on it, but I didn't really um, finish it until around June of, 2019 okay um and it was just I would take some time put on my classical music or jazz something that didn't have words but would keep my brain moving um and I would just write I would write I started back at the age of five and I just started writing and um including what I felt I needed to include and then I sent it to when I thought I was done, I sent it to two people that I trust, um, not to leak my information and, um, not to steal my book. And so the feedback that I was given was I still needed to add a little more information. I needed to give a background story more of where I came from and all of this. And so I added that. Um, and one of those people is actually my cousin. Um, and she wrote, the um forward okay for the book for me so i got everything completed and around this march uh well this march this past march i sent it to a publishing company i was like i'm tired of being afraid i tried self-publishing and all of that and i just i was like okay well knowing me I need someone to help me put this together and to walk me through this process. So I just decided to pay a publishing company. And so that's what I did. Okay. So that's what you did there. So paying the publishing company is going to get you the PR, the marketing. Yes. It's going to put Everything. my book on several different platforms. Um, it can be uh, digital or paper uh, printed format and it'll be everywhere. Now, how many formats are you putting it in digitally? Wise, are you putting it? Obviously, EPUB and what else? Are you going to do like PDF or? Um, it just varies on your company. It varies. Um, it's I just know that as far as the the platforms, it'll be like on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, I should have had that list all written down. <laughs> yeah, and 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 obviously, Apple Books will get it. Yes. Whatever they're. Yes. And then whatever Google's doing these days, because you know we're not Google fans out here. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, not getting too in depth into this book. Um, this book basically chronicalizes you, people that are associated with you. How did you 
get to a point like when you were writing this mm-hmm. that you could just say, hey, I'm writing about this person. Let me let this person know that I'm writing about them. Uh, did you have any point that you had to do that? Like if you were writing about your mother or something like that? Yes. Well, I, I did inform the family members who are included in the books. I let them know that I was writing a book. And, um, so I let them know ahead of time and, um, I apologize for the pause. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. You're fine. But yes, I, um, let my family know, Hey, I'm writing, I wrote this book. It's out there. And so they, they are aware and everybody is supportive. Okay. So let me ask you something. You know, if you look up your name, Carmen Haskins, right, on the internet. Yes. If I find a phrase that's, that's from you, would a phrase from you read something like, I aspire to fulfill my destiny by any means necessary? <laughs> yes, that's one of them. Okay, where does that come from? Um, that's... Uh, you know how they're always talking about um you know when you set up a profile and they're like write something about yourself or uh give you give me like a short phrase that ex- and uh expresses um who you are or something along that those lines um So at that mo- at that time, or that's really how I feel. Like I know that I'm in charge of my destiny and whether I fulfill it or not. And so I'm determined to to meet my destiny and to complete my path. Okay, just just throwing some little investigative stuff in there. You know, if someone were to look you up. Now going back into this book. Secrets kill. Um, are there any other engagements that you're planning on having with this that uh, you could speak about at this time? Um, I don't have any. Um, I don't have any interviews currently scheduled because I don't have my official release date yet. Um. Okay. Okay, so we're basically, we're the ones, we're getting the first scoop on what's going on at the moment. Yes, you are. Okay, that, that works out in my favor, I guess. <laughs> All right, so um, along with this book, is there any other type of media that you plan on covering outside of this book? Is there going to be like a, a webinar type something? Uh, documentary or anything to that extent to go along with this book in the near future? Something to complement the book? Um, I will do uh, public, you know, public speaking engagements. And now with, you know, the era of COVID, I'm probably going to have to be savvy and figure out a way to do like a webinar or something to help people. Because the book, it does give helpful information of how to heal and how to recover Um, but it's written in a way that still leaves room for me to coach people through the process. All right. Now you say coach people and I say interpret. 
So you're going to help people interpret in different ways how to use your book, basically. If that's how you want to word it, yes. All right, well, my verbiage is different from your verbiage because you say coach. So to me, when you say coach, I see your book as a as, as something that could be a lifestyle change for someone. Um, and obviously, it's something that's going to awaken a beast or something that that's behind closed doors from somebody. So if I'm that person that reads your book mm-hmm. and I send you, I send you an email, however I send this email, which you can provide that information in just a moment. Um, if I need help from you directly, how do I get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me at Carmen at Carmen, C A R M E N at pink p i n k hyphen solutions s o l u t i o n s dot org o r g okay so that's where you can get the help from you there now if you're reading through this book and this is going to be a lengthy book correct it's not lengthy and that's what i love about it it's it's um it's packed with a lot of information and um and a lot of it's packed with my story, how I overcame, what things you can do to, you know, better further yourself along your healing journey um, and and affirm who you are as a person. But it's not a long book at all, because that was my hang up when I was looking for ways to heal. And when I was reading all these other books. I would get lost in the wording. It was like too long and I would probably finish like stop halfway through and I would never get to the meat of what would help me. Right. Because sometimes it's better to have less personal and more instructive or coping mechanisms. Or do you think it, or do you think like uh, with these other books, it was too much personal and you just couldn't find your way outside of the personal to find the coping mechanism. I think it was a mixture of both because some didn't have some some of the books didn't have a personal story at all. So I felt like, like, do you really know what I'm going through um, or are you just giving me textbook information? Um, and then some, yes, it was just their story and it tells you that they overcame, but it doesn't tell you the how. So with my book, um, you get both. You get some of my stories, some of the things that I went through and you get the how to. All right. I I can see where that helps out because, you know, being concise is better than beating around the bush with something like this. Now um, with this hard topic, because this is a very hard topic, but it's something that's being talked about a lot in the, the, in our country and all around the world, but mainly our entertainment industry. Um, do you think that your book alongside like, you know, maybe an entertainer or somebody reads your book, do you think it might help them also like someone not saying that you're not on a broader scope yet, but somebody that's, that's in the public eye right now, they read your book. Do you think that it would help them a whole lot to just tell their story? Cause a lot of people have a lot of uh, things that have happened to them that they're not speaking out about. And, you know, with certain type of celebrities, there's been things that have been brought up and people are, or telling their stories sometimes, but a lot of times I notice that 
it takes a driving force like your book to get people to come out here and say, hey, this happened to me, blah, 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 blah. Um, do you think a celebrity can pick your book up and do that just like a normal person? Because I'm not saying that a celebrity's not normal, but you know, they have areas and, you know, things that they have to worry about in, in, in case of like an endorsement or something. Do you think your book could be endorsed by a celebrity, in other words? Um, I feel that it could. I, I feel that it's for anybody. This book can literally, whether you have been through been the person that has been abused or you love someone who's been abused. Um, it can help everyone. Okay. And anyone would be able to get behind it. Okay. So your book, we've already established it's an easy reader. Um, tell me something else about your book that would set it apart from Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Jane's book that's similar to yours? Um, well, I am a licensed clinical social worker, so I am a therapist by trade. Um, I don't really compare myself to others, so I don't really know how to answer your question. But I can say that I have the clinical background and I have the actual life experience to go along with it. And a lot of times when people are looking for someone to help them, not only do they want someone who's professionally trained to help them, but they want to know that the person can understand their story or has been there at some point. Um, and so I feel that I offer both of those things. I've been there. I've done it. I've been through it. And I'm professionally trained to help. Okay, so you answered that solid. Now, uh, let's go into to another bit of self-help here that you can do for somebody through this podcast, actually. All right. I've had something traumatic happen to me. Okay? Okay. We're just using that as generalization. Um, even though you can hold it in for a day, you can hold it in for 10 years. Mm-hmm. What would be your advice the day that you didn't use back then? Tell someone, get it out. Do not hold it in. Um, if, if I had answered my mother, because my mom did pick up on um, some things and she did ask me, you know, had I been inappropriately touched? And in that moment, I had this whole conversation in my head of whether I was going to tell the truth and suffer those consequences that my abuser had told me I would suffer if I told the truth or if I was going to lie and stay in this fictitious safe place. Um, and I did not say anything. And so not saying anything is what actually ate away at me and fed into, you know, extreme anxiety and depression and thoughts of self-harm. So actually releasing it if you if even if I didn't tell my mom I could have you know asked to go to counseling because I was young correct um so I if I didn't want to tell her maybe I could have um opened up to someone like asked to go to counseling talk to my school counselor um or just just someone find someone that I trusted to get it out 
Okay. Because, I mean, you know, and, and, and the thing that I say about this that, that's so hard to fathom is, like, you know, if you look at you statistically uh, from high school limits, you know, you played basketball. Um, you were pretty much a, a good center of attention, at least when we were in school together. So okay. for something like that to happen to you and nobody, you know, in your circle or anywhere to pick up on that, was that kind of hard to deal with? Like, like being able to go to school day to day? From even from the from a point of early elementary or late elementary to middle school to high school, was it hard to go to school every day with all this happening to you and not being able to say something to a counselor, a friend, or anything? It more so it wasn't hard for me to go, but it it kind of enforced this belief, reinforced this belief that I had that I was invisible. So I kind of told myself that no one could tell what had happened to me, even though I felt like stained and disgusted, I felt like this, like people could just look at me and see, oh my gosh, she's been abused. But because they couldn't see it, like I could see it, then maybe they just didn't see me. And uh, Go ahead. Oh no, so I just felt invisible growing okay. up. Okay, now... What we're saying outside of high school, you get into college and you said about 22, that's when you let this out. So being in college, did it do something different to you there? Did it it awaken you more? uh, Did did it get you like, what I'm asking is like, did it get you more in tune with your feelings and uh, how to have more, I say the word I'll use is gunction to, to, to tell somebody like, hey, this happened to me. Um, well, I don't know if college really had an effect because it was after I had graduated from college. Okay. Um, I graduated when I was 22. So, um, it was right after college. I was living on my own. So I think it was the quiet. It was the fact that I wasn't on campus. I didn't have all this stuff going on. I wasn't doing schoolwork and then rushing to work. Um, and just all the college stuff that you do, you're busy all the time. So I went from busy life to now I'm living by myself. I don't have a roommate. It's just me. And I just go to work and come home. Um, so it, the quiet is what ate away at me. Okay. So actually, when you actually had, had time to yourself to think, because I, I understand that because, you know, as we get older, yeah, we actually have time. You know, I always tell people you got 15 to 45 minutes a day. That's actually your time. Right. You, know, you, you know, you get to thinking stuff. And sometimes, <laughs> I, you know, I, I come up with things and I'm like, man, did I do this right today or did I do this wrong? I can't go back and fix it. But I don't have to live like that the next day, you know, in, in, in my realm of the world. So after the book's written. Did it close any wounds or did it reopen any wounds? Um, the actual process of writing the book, it was hard. It was draining a little bit because it does re it did. I won't say it fully opened the wound, but it did um, produce some, some nightmares and just some, signs that okay I still have the uh, 
I don't want to call it a label. I still have the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. So that's still there. And so I would say that's what it did. It didn't really um, send me into a full mental health relapse, but it just let me know, okay, you still have some healing to do, but you're, you're healing. It's a process and it never really ends. Okay, so it's it's more or less like now that you're conscious to the the effects of this to your mental mm-hmm. status that you're able to take time to be like, hey, I need to slow down. Um, yes. Whatever happened to me, it's hurting me right now, so I need to remove myself from whatever I'm doing in a responsible manner, and then you go on with life and you cope with it, and then you kind of look back on it. Sometimes I would guess right. And be like, hey, I got upset behind this. This triggered this. So I may not want to do this to trigger that again. Or I'll find a way when it triggers me to handle it differently. Correct? Yes. So when I was writing the book, I was like, okay, you can't just walk. Like, you can't walk away from it. So I would find a good place to stop. I would, like, if I was uh, writing a memory, I would complete that memory, find a good place to stop writing. And then I would go and do something that was self-soothing. I would meditate or go for a walk, just do something to ease my mind, get my emotions back um, to a calm place and then go on with my day. And then I would schedule another time. Uh, So I just had to be mindful. I had to schedule my writing times during certain parts of the day. I didn't want to schedule it right before I went to sleep. Because then that would affect my sleep. Um, So I would do it during times of the day where I had cushion to take care of myself, practice self-care. Okay. And that's good. The thing that I liked about everything you said that right there is that, you know, like it was kind of like you would rehash it in your writing, but you would do something to calm you down. But the one thing that you said that most people, and, and I'm guilty of this, I find things that distract me. You mm-hmm. didn't, what you said there, you didn't find anything to distract you. You just felt something to soothe the mood and you kept on going. So like I could see there, there's that, that's a, a coping skill that you could pass along to even me because I'll find a distraction. Mm-hmm. I, anything that has chocolate on it or ice cream can be my <laughs> distraction for the moment, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, like you said, you, you're meditating and uh, being uh, prevalent in the thought that, hey, I can take care of myself without a distraction is awesome. Like, I have to say, I have to commend you on that. If I had a little clapping thing, I would clap right now for the simple fact that I don't think anybody really does that. Thank you. You know, so that that's one thing there uh, you could go, go on. Um, a little thing I do on this uh, show that I do with everybody, doesn't matter if you're an author, a music guest, my cousin, or the random hillbilly from down the road. All right. Everyone has to give me a secret for the whole world to know. Something that nobody knows about you. Just something ah. something random. It doesn't have to be that personal, but it could be something like you have a, a skill. Like I had one person tell me something crazy like this guy can do an Arabic cube in, in a minute. He can factor it back into place in a minute, you know. <laughs> That, that's interesting. That's a little wild. And then I had another right. guy. I had another guy that's a singer, 
that's shy. Like, I'm like, you perform music, but you're shy? That's a little, you know, it must take a lot to get on stage. So, so what is your secret, Carmen? What is yours? Oh, man. I, let's see. You want me to I help guess you something, out? something that's a little quirky. Okay. <laughs> about me is like my grandfather was a stickler for us learning how to do math in our heads. Okay. And my mom used to always go shopping. Oh gosh. It was like school shopping for us was a torturous all day event. Uh, Cause my mom loves shopping for sales. So oh. I learned, <laughs> I learned how to do, Okay, Hello, I apologize about that. I forgot that on the phone thing, it only does a 30 minute cutoff. So let's go back to that question. Okay. So, um, my grand, so shopping, I learned how to do the percentages in my head. So <laughs> I can, I, when I go shopping now, I no longer need a computer. I'm not a computer, a calculator to figure out, okay, like 10%, 25, 75% off. All those things I can do in my head. So you can just automatically, if I want to go buy the new MacBook Air, you can tell me if it's a good deal at Staples or a good deal at Best Buy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm just saying if I'm in the store and it says, okay, this dress is 40% off, I can figure that out really quick, like what it's going to be without getting to the register or pulling out my phone and doing $50 minus 40%. All right, so 40% off of $48. And you want me to do that right now? Yeah, you just said you can do it. I just <laughs> want to put it, put it to a test. Okay, so 48 minus 40%. percent Now I'm nervous. I'm under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but but so so we won't worry about that right now. But if you were in the store, you could give that to me. I could. I could. Okay. All right. Now going forward a little bit more, uh, a few things that I always ask everybody um, during this COVID nineteen uh, has COVID nine. What has COVID nineteen opened your eyes to when it came to writing this book, interacting with people? What has COVID-19 taught you that you didn't do in the past? Oh, to take care of myself. Um, because I learned that I was so on the go and doing things for everybody else that I was running off of fumes. And I took very little time to take care of myself. Okay. All right, so... Another question that I want to include in this, um, your writing process, like this book sitting in publishing limbo, because that's what we'll call it, because it was March and we're looking at September now. It's been in publishing limbo. Um, what advice would you give to someone when they send their book off to get published by someone? Do you need to have good patience? What do you need to do in your spare time when you're waiting on the publisher to get the book back to you, to get the cover right, to do this, this and that? What do you got to what, 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 what kind of mindset do you have to have? I would say um, you definitely do need patience 
but also if you don't know something to ask um because i'm being a first time author i had to remind the the people that i'm working with at the publishing company like i don't know <laughs> what you're looking for. I don't know what you're asking. So can you like break this down to someone who has never written a book before? Of course, if, if you're not a first time writer, you might know some of those terms or some of those things that they're asking you to do. I guess, for example, like when I had to, um, when they were doing the editing phase, they put the book into lines and I didn't know that I needed to respond to each line that whether it needed corrections or not. Um, so that was one thing that I was like, okay, this is different. And it took a long time because, which it was helpful because you get to, you're going to, you reread your book about five times before (laughs) it actually gets to the cover part. And if you know, um, ahead of time. Cause I thought, you know, I know different artists and I thought that, you know, Hey, I could get this, um, artists to draw my cover and send it to them. But a lot of publishing companies like to use their own, um, I guess I forget the name, the art department. Right. Um, so what I ended up having to do just to get things to look the way that I wanted was I took pictures myself and sent it directly to them. Um, but I didn't find out that I could do that until after the fact. So I guess that's the part that's holding things up now because we couldn't really agree on a cover picture. Um, right, because I knew that when we talked personally that it was kind of in limbo. What has it been about, a good six weeks? It it has, and I just sent what will hopefully be my final critique for the cover uh, on Sunday. Okay, now, other thing that we ask uh, on, on our end over here at West Virginia Commonplace is, you know, we're going to need a picture for promotion because we'll promote you till the wheels fall off. Okay. So you you just, you know, at the end of whatever you got going on in your busy day, you just shoot something over to us. Now, here's the next thing that I always ask people to do on this show. Do you have a website? Do you have a a page or do you have anything that you want to plug? Because we're all for self-promotion, but we're all for dual promotion at the same time. Okay. Do you have anything or anybody you need to give a shout out to? Um, currently, my biggest supporter has been Dr. Latasha Blanton with The Real South Africa. Um, so if you're planning to go on any trips to South Africa anytime soon, please check out uh, The Real South Africa. They are amazing. But she is personally my one of my mentors and my um my I guess she's family she's a friend she's all wrapped in one um so that's the only shout out that I have as far as my website um I am working with web designers right now so I don't actually have an operating website at the moment well like I said with everything that goes on with podcasts and things you are always welcome to plug me in on that information later and we will p- p- feed it through. Even if it doesn't make the podcast, we'll put it in the post on our IG or Facebook or wherever we're going next with this okay. podcast. And um, one thing that I got to ask you too, before we get off of here, what is stopping you from doing a podcast? 
Let me give you some reasons <laughs> before you tell me that why you're not going to do one or why you're not doing one. You have a platform. You're out here trying to reach people with your book. You have something that can be talked about weekly. You already have an audience. You got a fan base, which we've discussed in the past, correct? And uh-huh. and it, what's stopping you from doing a podcast? We've gone over the numerous uh, ways you can do it. You can do it through Anchor or you can do it on your own. Um, you can monetize either way. Obviously, I'm, if I wasn't monetizing, I probably wouldn't be doing one. <laughs> um, so what's stopping you today? Um, honestly, nothing is really stopping me. I I just didn't think about it. Honestly, I know that you mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, well, I just have so much going on. I don't have time to do that. You know, when you present, present someone with new information, it's like you can't really fit, figure out how to fit it in. Um, so that's, that's where I am at the moment. I can tell you where the magical time in people's lives that work first shift is between the hours of feeding kids and get kids settled at 830, 845, between 845 and 1015 at night. Because nobody sleeps until 1030. Right. That magical time where we stare at the ceiling or wonder what we're going to watch. That's the time that you could use. And me, for instance, what I do is something very simple. I will schedule, schedule with you. We had a lapse in schedule because everybody was celebrating the holiday. Right. And you were able to make time today. You gave me roughly, I'm supposed to only have 30 minutes. It's almost an hour now, 45 minutes at least, that I've gotten out of you. And we've got a productive podcast. Hopefully, it'll push some numbers, help you sell some books, um, move any other media around. And um, we hope to have you back as a guest again. Okay. I love that. Because you have other entrepreneurial things going on that uh, I think would be an asset to us and we can be an asset to you. So once again, Carmen Haskins, I would like to thank you for coming on West Virginia Uncommonplace. And at the very end of this, I need you to give your motto. Tell everybody in the world your motto right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't have one at the moment. You don't have a motto? No. Not a saying you go by at all? Well, right now, I just tell myself, well, my motto right now would be to live in the moment. Okay, live in the moment. Yes. That's a good motto. Well, I will give you mine. And my motto comes with a promise that I need you to do, that I Mm -hmm. will do, and that the rest of the audience always does. Um, People always talk about change, but I don't really believe in that much change. I believe in, you know, a higher version of changing, which is evolving. Then you'll revolve, and then it's a bunch of other doors you'll go through. So I always tell people on the humble side of things and the things that you were doing good, please for me, for your daughter, or your mother, your father, or anyone else, please stay the same person you were the day before. And I'm not talking about personal gains or anything like that. I'm just talking about the humbleness, the mannerism that you had the day before. Carry that over to the next day. Because you never know how you can empower someone to do more than what they did the day before. And in saying that, that means that somebody may come into your life and empower you to do more than you did the day before. 
Okay. I like that. Yep. Well, thank you once again, Carmen, and we will have you back on soon. Thank you. Oh, can I really quick? Go <laughs> Sorry. Ahead. So the live in the moment, I know it sounds simple, but I, when I think of a motto, I think of something just quick and short. But I say live in the moment because if you spend too much time in the past, that leads to negative feelings of depression and regret. And if you spend too much time in the future, that just produces anxiety because we don't know what the future holds. So if you take time to live in the moment, then you're aware of everything that's happening right now. And you can take time to be grateful for what's happening and produce happiness and joy. So that is the whole thought behind that. Okay. And I like your emphasis on that one there. Okay. So we'll work that in. And I thank you for your time and I will let you get back to your day. There'll be a little editing here and there. So some of this that we're doing right now will not be heard by anyone but us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I will let you get a final mix, uh, give or take with my schedule. Cause I'm in and out of here. I'm going to be heading four hours away from where I live. So between Saturday and Sunday, I'll do that. And I'll have this up and running by Monday so you can hear it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.